Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ and 1340 KYLT in Missoula, Montana. Normally, Chris Callum would join me, but Chris is on vacation this week. He'll be back next week for our championship game preview. This week on the show, new coach hires, and also Emory Hunt will be here to discuss draftable players and a little bit of championship game talk. We'll have Mr. Jordan Stevens, the brand new head coach at Maine, Mr. George Quarles, the new coach at East Tennessee State, and Mr. Jason Eck, the new coach for the Idaho Vandals. Up first is Mr. Jordan Stevens from the University of Maine. We're now joined by Mr. Jordan Stevens, a native of the great state of Maine, former captain of the Black Bears team as a player, was on the staff at Maine, and then for the last seven years at Yale, and Coach Jordan Stevens is now the new head man for the University of Maine. Thanks for being here, Coach. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be on here. When you come back home, I'm interviewing a lot of new head coaches for the last two shows as we wait for the championship game. There's got to be a comfort level there, right, where you might know the lady that answers the phone in the football office, the equipment guys. That must feel really good, but there also must be some pressure in that, too. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly some familiarity here with the people, uh, a lot of the same people that were in the administration, administrative part here. Um, within the athletics department are still here. So that's certainly, I, I guess for me, I, I know my way around. I, um, I know who to go to. Some names that I maybe had slipped my mind for the past seven years come right back to me. Um, you know, people that are here on campus as well. And so that's certainly, I think, an advantage of mine is of coming back here is just being more familiar with the, with the university um, and, and how to maneuver around here. And then you know, just I think the the support here and the, and the really the three three to four weeks I've been here, the support and the the backing I have from the university, um, from the alumni, and in really the state have has been incredible. Um, but like you said, you know that comes with a responsibility too, and that's kind of where my focus has been and. Um, is getting to work here. You are a native of the state of Maine. You played football there, but then you went to Yale, and Yale has sort of a national recruiting base, doesn't it? Are you going to kind of yeah. are, are you going to kind of bring that with you to Maine, or are you looking for players from your own state and the surrounding areas? Yeah, I mean, I think Maine has always done a, a great job in the footprint um, of our conference, so really extending down into Virginia. But I think we will do, uh, we're not afraid to reach outside those areas. So being on the, in the Northeast, working down the mid Atlantic is really going to be where we're going to have put most of our focus. And then the way things are now, I mean, I think that high school athletes and then with, with the transfer portal and, and those aspects, players are much more willing to go outside of their, their regions and where they grew up. Um, and if you can just look at our roster to see that when we have a number of guys uh, from North Carolina, I mean, we have a number of guys that are from further away places um, because of the opportunity just to play college college football and play at a Division One level. You know, the internet has allowed things to be uh, closer, and you, know, you can go on the internet and see where we're at and see what we're all about. Um, so that help, certainly helps get players from further away places. Well, you have you going back to Maine, Ryan Cardi going back to Delaware, and Ricky Santos at UNH. I mean, y'all all probably know each other pretty well, right? Because you kind of overlapped in your playing career. It really is kind of a new day and a new generation for head coaches in the CAA. Yeah, I mean, I've played against uh, Ricky for two years, um, my freshman and sophomore year. And then Ryan Cardi at, at Delaware, I did not play against him, um, but certainly knew him from his time at New Hampshire when he was an assistant there and I was an assistant here at Maine. Um, 
So I think it's, I think it's, it's great for each school. I think it's great for the conference. Um, you know, there's certainly a loyalty and an importance based from each head coach at each school. So I think it, it certainly helps in the recruiting and um, is good for the game as well. The CAA is going to lose James Madison. They're moving up to the FBS, and that just opens up a huge opportunity. I liken it to when Appalachian State and Georgia Southern left the SOCON. All of a sudden, teams that were battling top teams in that league moved up a slot. Maine has a great opportunity, and look, it wasn't all that long ago where you traveled, what, uh, all across the country like three times in the playoffs and almost made the chipper game. You have a lot of players there, and expectations are going to be there for you to win, but that is a good thing, is it not? Absolutely, and that's what we want. We want to we want to be a contender each year. Uh, we want to compete for championships each year, and that's our plan. There's a lot of good things in place here. There's a lot of good players here, and I think that we can really bridge the gap to help us take that next step, and we should be in that conversation each year. What kind of offensive system should Black Bear fans look for you to run? Uh, we're going to be similar to what we were last year, and um, ultimately, philosophically, we want to be able to run the ball. Um, where we are geographically, we want to be a team that can run the ball and something that we can hang our hat on. We play in Maine. We're in the Northeast. We're the most northern school. That's got to be our our MO, and that's got to be our, our mindset um, offensively, is to be able to run the ball and set everything up off of that. Um, we want to play complementary football. We want to make sure that we have uh, a plan going into each game um, where we can play together in all three phases. So, you know, we're really looking forward to taking that next step as an offense. I've asked every coach that I've interviewed the last couple of weeks, with the portal being available, is it difficult to look at a high school kid and want to build for three, four years from now when there are people available who have played right now? Well, I think it's a mix of both. We certainly see this program as a developmental program, a place where we can get uh, maybe an under-recruited high school player that can come here and develop in the weight room, develop as a young man academically as well. So we never want to lose sight of that. I think there's always going to be an opportunity each year to bring in um, transfers. I think so it's going to be a mix of both. Um, but I think you know where you have gaps, where you can fill in, where you can get a better pl- uh, a player in here, I think that's going to be something that we have to look at each year um, because we have to compete with other schools. Uh, in our conference. So we want to compete on the field. We want to compete in recruiting as well. So to get the best players, we're going to have to be involved in those those recruiting battles. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Jordan Stevens, the new head coach for the University of Maine. Coach Stevens, you being from that state is an advantage in recruiting high school players, I would think. Yeah, I think I can give a certain perspective uh, of what it's like to be here as a student athlete. Uh, I also have a great perspective of what it's like to be from out of the state, you know, with my time living out of Maine um, and then coming back here. uh, I think that it was always an advantage of mine is I had a lot of teammates. All my teammates were from out of the state of Maine. So I, you know, I I was able to listen to them knowing their transition to here. Um, So I do have a great perspective of what it's like to, you know, recruit in-state players, but also, uh, what it's going to take to get out-of-state players to come here, um, and what are the areas we need to focus on and highlight for them. So you've been on the job, what, about two weeks now, almost three. Who is the person that has texted you or reached out to you to congratulate you? Who has it meant the most? Well, I mean, I probably Coach Cosgrove. Uh, you know, he's certainly a mentor of mine and someone who uh, certainly checks in on me regularly, um, even before I had this, you know, before I 
got the position here. Um, so that certainly means a lot to have uh, his support and his knowledge. And I think that, you know, anytime someone's in the position I'm in, you have to be able to lean on uh, people who are doing it, uh, doing the same job you are or have done it. Um, I think that's only only right that you are reaching out to those people and, and getting advice, getting um, getting direction at times as well. And uh, because there's a lot of new things that come come with the job. So, um, you know, I'm always willing to learn and willing to to grow as a person and as a coach. So just trying to stay connected with a lot of those uh, those people who have been there throughout the throughout my time. Who was it that influenced you to go into coaching coach? Well, during college, I I was I'd work our camps here um, at the University of Maine and then really just wanted I think that when football was done as a player, um, there was a void and um, coaching allowed me to stay in the game. So, you know, I really just think it's, it, it was more the coaches here at, at Maine um, as a collective whole. They were, there were a lot of good coaches here. Uh, Coach Joe Rossi, who's now at Minnesota, coaches that I, I leaned on for mentorship. Um, so, you know, that, that they really kind of painted a picture and a path that I could also take. So I would say, then, you know, really the staff that was here when I was a player. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Jordan Stevens, the new head coach for University of Maine. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to see what you build there. It's a fine program you're inheriting. Thank you so much. Look forward to being back on soon. Coming up next will be Mr. George Quarles, a new head coach at East Tennessee State. Following that, Emory Hump, Desar the Playbook, will be here. And then Mr. Jason Eck, the new head coach for the Idaho Vandals. All of that and much, much more is coming up next right here on FCS Nation on the Palmetto. Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetta Radio Network. Very pleased to be joined by the brand new head coach for the East Tennessee State Buccaneers, Mr. George Quarles. Thanks for being here, Coach. Really appreciate you. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it, Kevin. You've been a very successful high school coach. You're a FCS national champion at Furman offensive coordinator at Furman where you had some very prolific offenses I'd say it's about time you got an opportunity to lead your own program coach well you know I'm excited I appreciate you saying that Uh, you know I think everything that has happened to me or that I've done or been or people I've been around has kind of led me to this point and uh, I'm really excited uh, you know to have a you know this opportunity the AD Scott Carter you know has uh you know, I'm just so excited about the opportunity to get to work with him and, you know, these players and, you know, just to, to be in a great city like Johnson City. ETSU has been on the rise. Uh, Coach Sanders has done a tremendous job and, you know, just hoping to carry on and, you know, hopefully build off of what he has started. And But we're definitely excited. Well, I may be a media member, but every once in a while, the Charleston boy in me comes out when I talk, and I don't mind that at all. Uh, but sure. you can tell by the way that I talk, I'm from Charleston, and people can tell by the way that you talk that East Tennessee is home for you, isn't it? That a baby. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, I like I told somebody, uh, you know, I did not graduate from East Tennessee State, but I am an East Tennessee guy. And uh, grew up in Jefferson County in East Tennessee and, you know, spent 20-something years in Maryville. So this is uh, where we want to be. It's where we want to live. We love the people in East Tennessee. And just, uh, like I said, really excited to get started. Yeah, I was talking to another coach this morning, and he said, I can tell you're from the South. And, you know, and when I talk, you know, it doesn't sound any different to me. But, uh, you know, he's from the North, so I could tell a difference. But I appreciate you pointing that out. Hmm. 
Well, the cupboard is certainly not bare at East Tennessee State. You have some players there, and the recruiting class is going to shape up, I believe, pretty good. You've always been able to do that very well. The future is extremely bright there. This is not a rebuild project at East Tennessee State University by any stretch. No. Uh, I think I broke one of the rules of uh, taking over a, a program, you know, because you want to take over a program that might be a little bit down, and that's certainly not the case here. You know, they've uh, you know recruited really well. Randy's done a great job of – of building the program uh, really from scratch in a lot of ways. Coach Torbush, you know, they restarted it. And what they've done is is really incredible. And like you said, the cupboard is not bare. Uh, A lot of good players uh, on both sides of the ball coming back. Certainly a great running back. There's receivers. Quarterbacks played a lot. Looking forward to seeing what we can do. It's going to be exciting. One of the things that you did at Furman is a whole lot of things from the option, some flex bone looks, some drop back passing. You want to make people defend the whole field, don't you? Absolutely. You know, and I don't think we'll do much of the flex bone stuff here. Um, you know, Coach Hendricks, that was kind of one of his things that he was comfortable with uh, when he was at Air Force Academy. And, you know, and it's. It is tough to make people defend all those different things, but it's also tough to get all that stuff installed and get it where your players can understand it and run it. Uh, but I do think, you know, we want to make people defend the entire length of the field and the width of the field. Um, you know, both throwing the ball, running the ball. You know, I I definitely know the importance of running the football, and you know, but I also know the importance you've got to be able to throw the ball in today's game. You got to throw. You got to be able to score points, and uh, there aren't many seven to six games anymore you've got to score a lot of points to win games and you know it's the way things have gone with the rpo systems and and those sorts of things i just think you have to be prepared to score points as an east tennessee guy even though you were on the opposing sideline the first time you walked out there in that new stadium when it was packed and it was loud what were your thoughts well i remember playing in the dome i'm actually sitting in the dome right now so much different i just couldn't get over how nice the stadium was you know, for especially for a program that had, you know, decided they were going to cut out football. And then to bring it back and to have such a beautiful stadium, being outside, it's just the right size. Some of the stadiums, you know, at the FCS level have, you know, maybe have gotten a little bit too big, you know, because it's harder to get people there. The, the size at ETSU is perfect. Uh, they're even talking about expanding a little bit, which I think would be really nice. It's just a great setting. Press box, sky boxes are incredible. You know, I never dreamed I'd be the head coach here, just to be totally honest with you. But, you know, now thinking about that day in uh, 2018, you know, it's kind of surreal, the thoughts of actually getting to be the head coach here. Well, I was there for the Kennesaw State game. It was the first time I had seen an ETSU game since the Dome as well. And I go back a long way into SoCon. That was the first time I'd seen an ETSU game in Johnson City since Mike Ayers was the coach. So I go back a long way there. But uh, getting a tour of the facilities, you have everything there that you need, don't you? Absolutely. And we have an indoor facility. You know, it's, uh, that's what I was just telling Scott Carter. You know, nobody has something like this that I know of. Bad weather days where you can go inside and get work done and can train in here. You can do all sorts of things, which are super nice. And like you said, there's there's really no excuses for us to not be good. And um, like I said, that's exciting. You know, and I know there's expectations and all those things, but that's the way you want it. You want to be at a place where they expect you to win and, you know, want you to win. They're supporting you. And uh, like I said, I 
just hope we can do we're going to do everything we can to be successful and we'd love to you know just build this thing where you're not just hoping to compete for the southern conference championships but hopefully in that national picture kind of like they were this year to get to the quarterfinals and you know everybody kind of knows who the teams are that you're trying to to beat and that's north dakota state and james madison james madison leaving you know and really that entire missouri valley conference you know is uh kind of where it is and then montana state and you know so those are the programs that we're all trying to be and you know the thing here that's similar to those is like number of students you know there's a, a large number of students here which is great you've got a great alumni um, so, like I said, everything's in place to be successful here. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. George Quarles, the brand-new head coach for the East Tennessee State Buccaneers. Thanks for making the time, Coach, and I'll be rooting for you except for one weekend a year. Fair enough, right? I understand. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Look forward to talking to you again. Hi there. This is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. We are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multifamily homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Are ye played by foreclosure? Well, here at Jim Lott and Matey, we can stop your foreclosure now. We're a mortgage rescue company, and for the small fee of everything you hold dear, we will negotiate with your lender on your behalf. Call Jim Lott and Matey at 1-800-YAR-YAR. That's 1-800-YAR-YAR-R. 
If you're facing foreclosure, talk to the right people. Speak with HUD-approved housing counselors free of charge at 888-995-HOPE. Brought to you by NeighborWorks America and the Ad Council. back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio network joining us now is a good friend of this program mr emory hunt the czar of the playbook emory you're on so many places now that it was hard for me to like get it all together tell everybody where they can hear and see you now you're a tv guy now what a guy <laughs> they can see me on uh, cbs sports hq you can also catch me on football game plan as always my my own uh business and and also we have three football shows airing on Next Level Sports. For this particular show, more in particular, it's the FCS College Football Kickoff, uh, which is on Channel 623 DirecTV. So we're all over the place. No kidding. And Emory's been doing great work for a long time. It's great to see that a lot of people are starting to recognize what a lot of us already knew. Emory, congratulations on all that, buddy. Well, I appreciate you, man. And also, thank you again for having me on the show. Draftable FCS players. There's a whole bunch of them this year. And I think we're going to see more guys drafted because we're going to have pro days. We're going to have guys who are going to smaller schools being able to go to the big schools pro days. We're going to see a lot more guys drafted, I think. What do you say to that? I think it's great for the FCS brand. I agree with you. Uh, Also, because these guys that are FCS seniors, you know, some of them, if not most, are super seniors, so they were able to put together an extra year of film on, on tape. So that's always a great thing. And, and a lot of guys that took advantage of playing in the spring that moved up to the FBS will get their, their names called as well. But I just like for the subdivision that people are now hopefully learning that this is a good brand of football and one where you see a lot of developed players coming out on the back end. I mean, heck, you even see an FCS player win the MVP award in the NFL if, if Cooper Cup goes over 2,000 yards receiving. No one has ever done that. So uh, it just shows you the, the great brand that the FCS is. Let's get into some specific players. Give us your top five FCS guys who we're going to hear their name called at the NFL draft. Well, I would say I, I don't have it ranked right now, but I will say this. These are five guys that are for sure I think draftable players, I'll put it that way. One is playing, hopefully, knock on wood, in the national championship game. That's Kristen Watson, the outstanding wide receiver from North Dakota State. You talk about someone that can really get downfield. And you rarely see, well, you start to see it now more so these Florida pipeline players going up to Fargo. Watson has just been phenomenal from day one. And on the other side of the field, another pro prospect and NFL guy is Troy Anderson, the linebacker, athletic guy that's came in as a running back, played some quarterback, and now is playing linebacker. So you know he has the athleticism. He's the FCS version, I believe, of a guy in Brian Erlacher and what he brings to the table. He can help you out in man coverage, zone coverage. He, he plays the ball really well and is an impactful player. Going back on the other side, <laughs> you know, you have Connor Volson, the, the outstanding offensive lineman from North Dakota State. He's someone that's going to be a senior bowl player uh, that has a chance to get drafted, let's say, in the third round. So that's three guys playing in a national championship game. And outside of that, two guys that I, I am very fond of, Zion McCollum, the tall corner from Sam Houston, who was just phenomenal. You saw him in that game last year, the playoff game against North Dakota State, really put the clamps on Christian Watson, to be honest. And on on the same team, you have 
one of my favorite players to watch, and that's uh, Jaquez Ezzard, the outstanding wideout for Sam Houston, who is instant offense. He puts the ball in the paint. Someone that started his career at Howard, transferred to Sam Houston, and this was an integral part to the national championship run last season. Willie Simmons has a player down there, too, at Florida A&M that you're pretty high on, doesn't he? Yeah, Marquise, Marquise Bell, the outstanding safety, who can uh, you know double down as a nickel guy cover uh, as well, but can play both safety spots. He has another offensive lineman, too, and Jay Jackson-Williams, a guy that can play tackle or guard. Um, and Bishop Bond, a tremendous tailback. When you think about the running back position and what it has become, you know, you, you look at uh, someone that could be a spot starter or a complimentary guy, that's Bishop Bonnet. And, and speaking of running back, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Pierre Strong of South Dakota State and what he does as, as a dual threat. This dude is a legitimate downfield threat in the passing game but as a tremendous game-breaker as a running back. And I know you go around the country and you visit these programs. Is there something in the water at Northern Iowa? They seem to produce an inordinate amount of players for the league. You know what's funny when you think about that? I feel like the FCS, they don't get enough credit for the development. So when you see, let's say, a tight end like Dallas Goddard that goes to South Dakota State, or you see the, the run of offensive linemen at Northern Iowa, you get these tall guys that may be a, a step slow coming out of high school and may not have the weight that Power 5 programs look for or even Group of 5 programs look for at the FBS level, but they're perfect for the FBS because they can get these guys in the system, teach them up, coach them up on the technique while adding weight to them. Uh, the FCS does have the luxury of waiting where these guys at the FBS level, they want guys who can come in right away and play. But that's why I love the, the prospects that you see as seniors coming out. So, yeah, so Northern Iowa does a great job of recruiting and, most importantly, developing guys that they bring in. Because this is about their, what, third or fourth long, rangy offensive lineman that they produce coming out that program. Spencer Brown being one last year who's now with the Buffalo Bills. And with the Celebration Bowl, we tried to tell them about Buddy Pugh, didn't we? If you give Buddy Pugh two weeks and a freshman quarterback, it's not going to go really well for that freshman quarterback, is it? No, nah, not really. And you think about, you talk about developing talent, you know, and it's when you think about Buddy Pugh and what he does well is, is defense. And Javon Hargrave, senior bowl guy, drafted. Darius Leonard, senior bowl guy, drafted at linebacker. Dakota Durant, senior bowl guy, is going to get drafted at that cornerback position. So he has quietly produced some NFL players. Tamaric Hemingway, who's a tight end. Uh, now with the Rams, I believe, is out there, Buddy Pugh, two, under his tutelage, got, got guys in, in the league at that position. So you talk about someone that minds talent, develops talent, and not just you know talent that gets into the league. We're talking about draftable talent. So one of the top 265 players in the country, three of, of those guys, four of those guys have come from South Carolina State under Buddy Pugh. So that's just a phenomenal job. What do you make of the blowback from the Power Five programs about the number one recruit in the country deciding to go play for Coach Prime at Jackson State? I made an unusual decision for college. And, I, you know, I don't think it's unusual. I mean, who are who is anybody else to even have a comment on where somebody wants to go and spend four or five years of their life and play football? Bingo. And it shows you the, the level of selfishness. Because think about it like this from a food perspective. Um, you, you have a place that you, you're at a buffet and you have all prime rib, the best prime rib, the best cut, all the prime rib you want. And, you know, someone comes in there and, and grabs one 
prime rib and take back to their table that that doesn't you know that doesn't normally frequent that restaurant and you get mad because they took one prime rib when you got all this prime rib in your restaurant that's what it's like you know it's not like they were only getting a five star florida state and this guy chose to go to jackson state you have a signing class littered with four and five stars and they just have one they just took one you know and you're up, you're that upset because they got one five star player as opposed to you having twenty. Uh, it's just rather selfish, man. And I'm glad he chose Jackson State because it started the ripple effect. You saw the number one JUCO quarterback, Jamari Jones, go to Mississippi Valley State, and you're seeing now the number one running back in the country for the class of 2023. Already said he's going to visit Florida and M and also Jackson State. So I'm glad to see these young men realize, hey, it doesn't matter where you go. It's all about what you do while you're there, and it, you can go pro anywhere. So why go sit the bench at Florida State when you go start at Jackson State? I mean, you had me at Buffet. You know I'm chubby. Emory and I will talk a little bit about the national championship game right after these messages from the NCAA. In the Division I football championship subdivision, the name of the game is outsmart, outhustle, outscore. But in the FCS, it's not always about the outcome. It's also about how you play the game. It's played with passion and pride and sportsmanship. It's played with honor and integrity. And it's played in towns across America where football is a way of life. The Division I Football Championship Subdivision. It's more than a game. In the NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision, the game is played with perseverance, integrity, passion, character, and sportsmanship as he works to honor the game and respect his teammates, opponents, officials, and fans. Every FCS player grows in his responsibilities as a student athlete and as a member of his campus and community. The NCAA Division I Football Championship Subdivision. Every down, every day. Let's talk about the title game, Emory. What kind of game do you expect? I've heard people think that the offenses are going to you know, be a little bit ahead here and it'll be a high-scoring game. I've heard some th- say it might look a lot like the NDSU-JMU semifinal did. What do you think? You know, it's interesting. And, and Vegas, they're not dumb. So the over-under, I think, in that game is like 42. So if you look at these two teams – you're thinking, okay, that's 20 points each. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, I think it may be 44. So even a 24-20 game, that's kind of, you know, I could see that happening because I do feel like both offenses can score, albeit in different ways, but both defenses are very good. So a game ending up in the 20s definitely makes sense. So I see this one being a very close game, uh, one that can essentially go either way. I really do feel like it's going to come down to which quarterback can make the play in the passing game because we know touchdown timing a lot has gotten better in that regard. We know Cam Miller has added that element to the Bison offense, something that we didn't see from them earlier in the year when Quincy Patterson was starting. So whichever quarterback can make the play in the passing game, I think will ultimately uh, come out victorious. And two really good stories for the quarterbacks too. Tommy Mallott from Butte. I've learned while being in the state of Montana, you never really bet against a kid from Butte. They're just different. And Cam Miller, who, look, they brought in two Power 5 quarterback transfers to try to beat him out. And instead of transferring, give the young man credit. He stayed the course, and he beat both of them out. Good stories for both quarterbacks. Absolutely. You love to see guys stick with it and fight through adversity and, and really earn their position. That says more about him 
than it does anything else. When you look at the defense, Chris Callum has been on Montana State almost as long as you have. You've had them highly ranked all season, and you took some flack for it. I don't ever give you any flack. I just listen to what you have to say. I know better. But when you look at the defense, defensive line for Montana State is solid. Defensive line for NDSU is solid. Linebackers solid for both. I think the safety play for both of these squads is outstanding. Yeah, and if you're able to play the run and then keep everything in the passing game in front of you, you're going to play a lot of uh, winning defense, and that's what we're seeing from both teams. They really do affect the line of scrimmage. They can reset it if they have to, but they also do a great job in just uh, making the plays that are there to be made. Great open field tackles, and uh, you know when the ball is thrown their way and they have an opportunity to turn it over, they do a great job in turning it over. So yeah, if you're if you're able to play great team defense like both teams, that's why we're talking about them in the last game of the season. This is a t-shirt, hat, and a ring game, right? So you got to figure that the entire playbook is wide open, and we might see a few things trickeration-wise. Absolutely, and you know, it's a one-game season. So you can't take any of your plays in the offseason. So I would expect to see the full gambit uh, from front to back. Every inch of that playbook will get utilized in this one. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. Always appreciate you, Emery, and uh, people will recognize the fact that we used to do a show together, and it was nice to do that with you, and nice to see how far you've come. I think we've come a pretty good ways, too. That was a pretty good show. Launched some careers, didn't it? It did. It was a real great show. It was the first show of its of its kind. You know, we were out in front talking FCS across the nation, and, and, and I'm glad we were able to experience that because it kind of set us on the pathway that we're on now, which is which is great. We're doing we're both doing great things uh, for the subdivision. Are you going to be down there in Frisco, Mr. Hunt? I won't be down there in Frisco. I'll be I'll be in uh, the DFW area, but I'll be at the College Gridiron Showcase uh, doing getting ready, you know, doing scouting and stuff like that for the NFL draft. There's some FCS guys there, uh, but unfortunately, it's the one of the practices is the same time as the FCS title game. And look, these Senior Bowls, the CGS, the Hula Bowl. Those invites and getting in front of those scouts are super important. Especially when you look up and see every team represented in the stands. And that's why I tell every player I talk to, if you get an invite from the CGS or Tropical Bowl or Hula Bowl or whichever game, go to it. Don't you know try to big time and hold out. Like If you get an opportunity, imagine getting a, a, a chance to, to show yourself in front of NFL scouts multiple times in a, in a week or two span. Do that. Take that opportunity. That's why I love the fact that all of these smaller all-star games are just growing significantly every year. Thanks for being here, Emery. Hopefully we'll run across one another soon. Always a pleasure, man. It's time for a quick break. When we come back, I'll sit down with Mr. Jason Eck, the new head football coach for the Idaho Vandals. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Holidays are here, and there's plenty for all of us to do. Shopping, gathering together, eating great food, spending quality time with friends and family, and donating time to give back. Renewal by Anderson would like to take a moment to thank the citizens of the state of Montana for their warm reception in 2021. It's been a great year, and Renewal by Anderson has had the opportunity to work with many great customers throughout the state, installing their new windows and doors. We humbly thank all of our customers and employees for their business and support, and look forward to serving new and returning customers in 2022. From everyone at Renewal by Anderson, have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Curious about 
about all that Renewal by Anderson has to offer, visit us on the web at rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com. Once again, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Renewal by Anderson. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com if you're ever in Traverse City, Michigan, stop into Brick Wheels, one of the best bicycle stores in America. You can enjoy that beautiful part of these United States on a bicycle. Road bikes, mountain bikes, fat bikes, even electric assist. And if you go into Brick Wheels and you say, go Grizz, go Bison, go Cadets, or whatever your FCS team name is, you'll get 20% off your purchase. So if you're in Traverse City, Michigan, go into Brick Wheels, talk some FCS football, get 20% off. That's Brick Wheels. BrickWheels.com Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius Real Men of Genius Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution You created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. Bud Light beer at Isaac St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. We're now joined by brand new head coach for the Idaho Vandals, Mr. Jason Eck. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate you being here. Hey, thanks for having me on here with you, Kevin. Coach, why Moscow, Idaho? Oh, I love that place, man. I, I was there as an assistant for three years and uh, worked for two different head coaches. And then we had another head coaching change that I, I did not survive, so we had to leave. But I uh, always had fond memories of, of living there. And uh, I've really also fallen in love with FCS football, you know, being uh, in FCS football the last seven seasons, uh, mostly at South Dakota State and one year at Montana State. I just think it's a great level of football where, where young men really have a, a balance still between being a student and being an athlete. And uh, I really, you look at the history of the Idaho Vandals when they you know, were FCS for that long time in the 80s and 90s. They had a real consistent track record of success, you know, 11 playoff appearances in 18 years. And uh, I think we can bring that back there. Well, you were the offensive coordinator for the Jackrabbits, a very dynamic offense, put up a lot of points. But you're an offensive line coach at heart, aren't you? Yeah, and I, I think that's how you got to build programs to win in FCS football is you got to develop guys at the line of scrimmage. You're not always going to get the pre-made you know, guys that uh, you know, are going to Oklahoma and uh, USC. But uh, if you can do a great job of evaluating and developing players, 
players. I think that's a great starting point for, for wind at this level. You're coming along after the early signing period. How are you going to go about putting together a class, Coach Eck? Are you going to be heavy in the portal, heavy in high school, or a combination of those? It'll be a combination. You know, you know again, long-term, you know, really believe in building through high schools, again, especially with the, uh, the line scrimmage, the big body positions, because the, the guys we need to win are not uh, probably guys that would be able to get in the portal. You know, but this year does provide some you know, unique timing uh, with things. So, again, we want to not rush in and make sure we get the right guys. You know, I think another area now with the transfer portal being so popular, I think sometimes the junior college athletes are getting neglected a little bit as teams are, are quick to get guys with four-year experience. So it'll probably be a blend of all three of those. Uh, to fit things in. And again, we're not, you know, panic and feel like we have to use all of our scholarships by that first Wednesday of February because, you know, we'll probably have a great, a much better feel for the team after getting through spring practice. So I, I do plan on saving some that we can now address some needs as we get through spring, as we go into to May. You know, we saw that last year when I was at South Dakota State. You know, we were able to pick up Chris Oladokun, uh starting quarterback in May, uh, who really did a great job. And, you know, that was caused by Mark Gronowski having an injury and uh, tearing his knee up in the National championship game so I, I do think you can find uh, you know the right fits you know late there's just a lot more options of recruiting now available with, with the transfer portal being the big thing now and being on national TV that's how Oladokun saw that right I mean I'm very familiar with him when he was at Samford as a Southern Conference guy but playing those games on TV in the playoffs really do a huge deal for a program no, no question. I think the spring season was a little unique, too, just because, uh, you know, if you love football, that was the only football you had to watch and got a lot of eyes on us. I'm, I'm sure that helped me, uh, you know, in getting this this position here at Idaho, uh, the spring season. So uh, the exposure, you know, that's getting to FCS football is great through the playoffs. You know, we, now in the big sky, we have that uh, deal with ESPN Plus, which also the, uh, you know, the Missouri Valley had, which I think is great for exposure. And, you know, it's nice to, uh, you know, tell, tell recruits that, hey, no matter where we're recruiting, from you know your friends and family, you're going to be able to watch every game. You know on, on the ESPN app or you know on the smart TV, whatever it is. So I think that's a great thing for exposure for our level. FCS Nation, we're joined by Mr. Jason Eck, the new head coach for the Idaho Vandals. Well, you mentioned the Big Sky Conference. Well, you've got a football guy leading it. I was at your game with Montana State, and I look over on the sideline there, and there's Tom Listersill, the Big Sky Conference commissioner, in about three sweatshirts, looked like you had on long johns underneath his pants, and a beanie hat. <laughs> and he could have been up there in the boxes, right, sipping Merlot and eating brie cheese, but he's a football guy. That's leadership from the top down. No, I've, I've been very impressed by him, and you know, he, he reached out to me already when I when I got the position, and uh, you know, I, I'd respected, I'd known of him for a long time, and respected his work for a long time. He had some ties back to Minnesota, where I had coached at the D two level, and uh, you know, he's done a great job. I thought the, their campaign this year, trying to get the the brawl of the wild on uh, game day. You know, I think they're using a lot of creativity, uh, and, and again, I think that's the you know creativity, you know, using social media in a positive way. I think those are great tools to uh, to reach young fans and to, to reach. Uh, recruits and get them excited about the Big Sky Conference. And I mean, if you have a Lawrence Olivier type actor like John Casper there, you better use him, right? That's right. Yeah, you gotta use whatever uh, whatever assets you have, put them to good use. There at Idaho, Coach Eck, you have everything you're going to need to be successful, don't you? Rabid fan base, they're going to pack the Kibbe Dome, and the facilities are there too. I, I really do. I really do believe we have everything uh, that, that we need to, to be successful. You know, obviously having the the dome. You know, I think of uh, you know Montana State right now. You know, they're getting ready for the national championship practices without indoor facility. You know. 
that, that that's a challenge a little bit making that that fit. Uh, so having having the dome uh, that can help you out with with inclement weather during the season, uh, the fan base is very rabid. I mean, I you know I know uh, there's great fans up by you in, in Montana, but I, I would put the Idaho fans right with those guys. I think they just haven't had you know maybe the consistent winning that uh, that they've had with the Montana school. So I think if we can get back to that, really the last time they really had that consistent success was back in that the FCS era. You know, back through the 80s and, and early 90s, uh, I think the the fans will come out uh, even more in droves. And uh, I, I, again, I, I said in my in my press conference, I think it's a sleeping giant. I think we have everything, and uh, there is the need. And uh, that's something I learned from Coach Alvarez, who I you know played for and, and started as a grad assistant for at Wisconsin. You, you want to be selective. You don't want to just uh, jump into any head job because. Uh, you get stuck at a place you can't win at. That record, you know, stays with you as a head coach. You want to make sure, and you know, he was able to do that from being a coordinator at uh, Notre Dame. You know, getting the head job at Wisconsin, which he thought had the ability to, you know, be better than what they had done historically. And, and again, I think uh, Idaho is just really. I think it's found a good fit. I think the Big Sky football is just a great fit with the natural rivalries you're going to have with the Montana schools and Idaho State, Eastern Washington, and Portland State. And uh, there's a lot of kids up in that Pacific Northwest who'd love to to be a Vandal and then. You know, have their parents drive to every game, and then you know, not just the home games, but the away games, which you know was was tough when when Idaho was in the Sun Belt or the WAC, and we're traveling all over the country. FCS Nation, that's the Mr. Jason Eck, the brand new head coach for the Idaho Vandals. Thanks for making the time, Coach. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to having you back on as we move in the next season. But since you've seen them both this season, who do you got in the national title game down there in Frisco, Coach Eck? It's going to be a heck of a game. You know, you know, playing both teams. You know, I think uh, you know North Dakota State. I think haven't played in that championship game so much. You know, I think they really probably have that three week period down to a science and how to navigate that, which I think is uh, an advantage for them. Though Coach Vegan will have you know some of that knowledge from from being there when he was a coordinator. I do think you know an athletic quarterback like uh, Tommy Touchdown there. He's a uh, he can be an X factor because uh, you know I, I know uh, NDSU plays very good defense, but uh, you know sometimes the athletic quarterback can extend plays and make things happen. And I know that's always been a big factor of the games where we've beaten uh, you know NDSU as we've gotten great play out of the quarterback with him, you know extending plays and, and making things happen. So I, I think it's going to be a great game. It's just tough to. Uh, uh, put a prediction on it. Uh, I got a lot of respect for both coaching staffs and both teams. I'll just be, uh, I just hope that they stay out of trouble with COVID and everything goes good as watching all these bowl games get canceled. You've been a head coach now for two weeks and you've got the, I'm not going to give you an answer down pat. That was outstanding, Coach Eck. It's <laughs> uh, root for a good game, man. I'll be watching like a coach and uh, analyze. Thanks for being here, sir. Really appreciate you. All right. Thanks a lot, Kevin. You take care. with us during the break you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio network the finalists have been selected for the inaugural bill schwanke award which will be given to the play-by-play broadcaster of the year at the fcs level the finalists are mr larry weir from eastern washington university mr jay collie from william and mary mr brian reeves from austin p mr gary rima from northern iowa and mr jay sandos from east tennessee state you know we have the color guys and play-by-play guys on all season and they do a really good job of informing us what's going on with their team but we very rarely if you live in a part of the country where you don't get those guys get to hear what they sound like on a saturday in the fall doing play-by-play for fcs football well 
with the national championship game not being until next week, and we have some time here, we're going to let you hear a little bit of every finalist for the Bill Schwanke Award. First up will be Mr. Larry Weir from Eastern Washington. Ball on the right hash. Here comes the blitz. Barry A, they picked it up. He has all day. Deep ball, right side, man open. Edwards got it. 35-30, foot race. Giddy up horse, 20, 15. East of the 10 to the 5. Touchdown. Touchdown, Eastern <laughs> Washington. On the last play of the first quarter, they get four first quarter touchdowns. This time, 76 yards. Eric Barry A to Johnny Edwards. Second and four from their own 48 from the right hash. Two receivers left, one to the right again. Barrier from the pistol, fakes the handoff, fades back, has time, fires the ball deep on a post. Man's out there, Lemu Jones caught at the five. Touchdown! Touchdown, Eastern Washington. Lemu Jones again beat the All-American candidate Lawson badly, and that time Barrier found him. Lemming's being pursued by Mitchell Johnson. Throws and it's intercepted. Ty Graham, 50, 40, 30. Down the sidelines, 20, 10, 5. Touchdown. Touchdown, Eastern Washington. Ty Graham with the interception return. The pick six for the touchdown. And the Eagles get their first defensive touchdown of the game and the season, and they lead it 38-7. Empty backfield barrier. Trips right, one man wide left. 425 left, first quarter. And back to throw it is Berrier, deep drop to the 35, fires the ball deep down the right side, man is open, Jacoby James, and he caught it, touchdown! Touchdown, Eastern Washington, a one-handed catch by Jacoby James, who does a dance in the end zone, and Eastern Washington takes the lead with 4.16 remaining first quarter. Up next is Mr. Jay Colley from the William & Mary Tribe. Hello, everyone. This is Jay Colley, and today we are excited to bring you Tribe football. Back to pass he goes. In the pocket being chased, and he's swallowed up. Will Kiley, quarterback sack. Handoff goes this time to Bronson Yoder with a big hole. The 35 to the 30. He's at the 20. Nobody is going to touch him. Touchdown, William & Mary. Touchdown, green and gold. Bronson Yoder with a huge hole, and the Tribe is on top by six. Third down and seven. Back to pass goes Miller in the pocket being chased and now the ball is loose a flag is down and the helmet comes off here's the onside kick bouncing ball and gage herman comes up like cal ripkin gets that ball in the glove and falls down to the ground of the 44 inside the 45 down to the 41 mr official move those chains first and 10 william and mary trying to get some running room lester he does at the 40 breaks through to the 50 yard line down the sideline he goes at the 20 at the 10 touchdown william and mary touchdown green and gold and the the tribe has the lead. Mr. Brian Reeves from Austin P. Fourth and two for the Governors. They're going to go. They'll show a little jet action as Goodman comes in motion. Direct snap to Tanner. He'll have it and more. Come on, Tanner, and a foot race to the end zone. Can you send the graduate out on a high note with a touchdown, Governors? Come on, Tanner, on the direct snap. We'll take it to the house. 57 yards for Ahmad Tanner. On to punt, his second punt of the afternoon. His first one got down at the three-yard line, averaging 42 yards a kick. This one's going to be blocked. Governors block the football. Governors going the other way. Governors will block it and get on the board. Touchdown, Governors. Mr. Gary Rima from Northern Iowa. Right, twins left, empty backfield, and now Joquette will shift into the backfield. So a single receiver to the near side for Connor Sampson. 3.15 to go in the third. Sets in the pocket. Now looking and throwing, and it's off the hands and intercepted. Panthers pick it off. Evans has it left sideline 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, UNI. Oh, baby, picked off on 
by the senior defensive back, Austin Evans, a pick six to the house for Evans. UI Panther offense takes over after the Panther defense got a stop on fourth and two at their own 42 as Day sets the offense with running backs right and left. He'll give it to Dom Williams, sweeping left, turns the corner, 45, 50, near sideline, 40, 30, he may go, 20, 15, 10, 5, he is gone to the house! from their own two-yard line. Day, four yards deep in the end zone, and Pistol takes the snap, hands it off, down, Woo! burst through a hole, look out, 20, he might go, 30, he's to the 40, races on, one man to beat, 30 of the Leathernecks, he's gonna go to the house on a 98-yard touchdown run! Mr. Jay Sandoz from East Tennessee State. With 13 seconds to go in the game, ball in the three-yard line. Bucks down by three. Second to go. Right now, straight drop. Here comes the blitz. He's going to have to get rid of it. He throws back corner. Malik Murray! Touchdown, Buccaneers! Same play that they ran against Vanderbilt. How about them Bucks? Holmes dots the eye. If he scores, he would break Brandon Walker's all-time rushing record. They toss sweep. He'll cut up to five, and there it is. The all-time leading scorer in ETSU football history, Quay Holmes from six yards out. They set up the screen. Holmes, first down, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, goodbye. Touchdown, ETSU. Nine guys in the box for Mercer. Play action. They're going to throw to the back of the end zone. Malik Murray, another touchdown. Buxley. Foster's 42-yarder. The kick is up. It is away. It is. No good. He missed it. It's over. He missed it. It's over. It's Tennessee State. Southern Conference champions. Congratulations to those five gentlemen for being finalists for the Bill Schwanke Award. That brings us to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Chris Callum, and the marketing director is Miss Stacy Marshall. I'm Kevin Marshall, and like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules, and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.